Welcome to Transforming Experiences in Customer Success, formerly Strike Deck Radio. This is a podcast focused on customer success and the leaders who are implementing best practices in our field. This podcast is brought to you by Medallia and the Success League. Medallia's customer success automation platform helps CSMs effectively manage their customer relationships. The Success League is a consulting and training firm focused on developing customer success programs that drive revenue. My name is Kristen Hayer, and I'm the host of Transforming Experiences in Customer Success and the founder and CEO of the Success League. And today I'm joined by Chad Hornfeldt who is the Director of Customer Success for Customer, that's Customer with a K, and he has recently adopted a change management tool called Motivational Interviewing. We'll be talking about this approach and how Chad is using it with his team and the results he's seeing. So Chad, you've been on the podcast before, but for our new listeners, can you provide a little background on yourself and your path into customer success? Sure. I I think I've been really lucky. I've been in customer success now for a number of years. I started one of the earlier SaaS companies, a company called Eloqua. Okay. uh, That's now part of Oracle and um, was a customer success manager. And we learned really early on there where if we treated our customers really well, that they would tell others and that's how we would grow. And so we invested a lot in the area of customer success. And eventually I moved into management and, and customer success and moved from my family from Toronto, where Eloqua started, moved out here to New York area, and eventually have made my way to customer. And I've been building out our team here. We have a growing customer success team. And um, I've been having a lot of fun building out customer success and helping our customers have an amazing customer experience. So tell me a little bit more about customer. What What does your company do and how is your CS team set up today? Sure. So customer is a uh, CRM support platform and, you know, our, our whole mantra and really what we're trying to do is, is really create the best customer experience possible for our customers. And, you know, our platform is something that, um, you know, many different companies, we have Glossier, we have uh, Away, and many of these different companies, they'll bring their customers and use our platform as a support platform. Uh, and it really is how they communicate with their customers. So um, it's something that is integral part of CX teams. And in terms of my team and kind of how we structure ourselves, so there's three different parts of the customer experience function. There's a professional services group, there's a support group, mm-hmm. and there's a customer success group. And I manage our customer success group. We're okay. about 17 people today, and that's made up of customer success managers, we also have technical account managers. So we have two different main parts of our team and uh, we structure ourselves slightly differently based on the different segments. Got it. Thank you. Um, so before we get into the details of how you're using this on your team, tell me a little bit more about motivational interviewing. How did you learn about that and what is it all about? Yeah, I think like many of us, you know, we read things and we think, okay, well, those are things that are probably applicable to customer success and how we work with our customers. And I happen to be reading one of Adam Grant's uh, recent books. It's called Think Again. Okay. It's all about, you know, just looking at things and re- rethinking about them. And, you know, it's just trying to teach us 
ways that we can either expand our learning, we can teach others to expand how they think. And one of the areas that was covered in this book was this idea of motivational interviewing. And it was all about, you know, it's interesting because this is a timely topic, but the example that they had provided in the book was that there was a hospital in Montreal and they were having a really difficult time getting new mothers to vaccinate their children. Okay. But there was one doctor at a particular hospital that had a much higher rate of vaccination for the children uh, that that person was seeing. And so I was really intrigued. It was really all about trying to get people to change when they may not be inclined to make that change. And you know, I really saw a direct correlation between this idea of motivational interviewing and customer success. That's really cool and frankly, very current right now. Yes. Um, given COVID. Um, you know, when we were prepping for this interview, you mentioned that you see this as being really useful in both sales and in customer success. Can you give us a few examples of how and when you think motivational interviewing could be employed? Yeah, I mean, motivational interviewing, it's all about drawing out the motivation from our clients to pursue the necessary change or a solution that they, they, they really need. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's something that, you know, it's hard to get customers sometimes to agree on moving forward with something, um, whether, you know, in our space, it could be changing their CX platform yeah. or it could be just about getting them to take a training course. So the, the idea here is that you know, typically, and, and this is kind of going back to this, this, where this, this the ground roots of, of motivational interviewing where it came from, because it came from the psychological world where it used to be that a, like a psychologist would meet with someone who maybe had an addiction problem and they would essentially like chide them and say like, listen, like stop drinking. Like what's wrong with you? You have to stop. <laughs> yeah. And as, as we know, so like, helpful. You know, right. <laughs> yeah. You know, in, in, in customer success, it's like, you know, you can't, sometimes you, you, know, you can't just tell someone like, listen, you need to take this course or you need to change out your, your current change solution. Change all your processes. What's wrong with you? Why did That's you right. even I mean, buy our solution if you're not going to change? Yeah. Exactly. So it's, it's, it's really all about empowering that person, really listening to them, developing a, a relationship, and then giving them a plan to move forward and, and establishing that trust with that person. And it really resonated with me because I think that this is something that it goes again, like beyond the, the realm of psycho psychological, you know, you know, counseling and things like that, and and really into many different areas such as customer success and, and sales. Yeah, I think that's so interesting. Um, I want to get into the details a little bit. So you mentioned to me that open questions are a big part of this approach. Um, I hope that everyone in our audience knows what an open question is, but can you tell us a little bit more about why they are important to this framework? Sure. I mean, there's there's a few different parts of the framework, and and really like there's kind of three main areas. So okay. the first part is is building rapport, you know, with that that other person. It's establishing trust, and it allows you to start to uncover the issues. Uh, the second part is assessing their motivation, so you can help them work towards a solution. And then the third part is getting them to commit and creating a plan for change. Okay. And so you know, the idea of you know open questions and where that comes in is you know once you start to build that rapport. And, you know, establishing trust, the idea of open questions, and we kind of learned about this, you know, before, I think many different other, other areas is that you're, you're not just asking a question like, Hey, like, you know, are you using the solution or are you not using the solution? It's, it's more of like, what is it that you're trying to do? Like, you know, what, what does success look like for you? Mm -hmm. And what that does is it, it 
provides kind of that door to the other person that you're working with, and it's usually your client, yeah. um, where they can tell you a little bit what's going on in their world. And you know, when you're doing that, you give them the floor. And it's been pretty much proven that when you ask questions, people are inclined to respond to them. And so this is a great way of doing that. And you know, you don't want to ask typically why questions because that can that can sound more accusatory. Like, well, why did you do that? It's it's more like, well, it's a little aggressive sometimes. <laughs> that's right. You don't want to be, and, and that's the thing. It's like in, in this this framework, it really is about be being less aggressive, not giving advice, and trying to help the person come to the solution on their own. Uh, and and that you know, asking those open questions and the kind of other elements of this helps you along that path. So I will say one use of closed ended questions, and this is something that we teach in one of our classes, is if you have somebody who is shy mm -hmm. or you're having a really hard time kind of getting them started on a conversation, a closed ended question can be, depending on how you ask it, a sort of soft way to get them started because it is yes or no and that's easy to answer. So mm. like that's the only sort of, I guess, I mean, it's not even a pushback against open-ended questions because I love me an open-ended question, but I would say there is a place for closed-ended questions, but you have to be very sparing with them and use them in the places where it's smart to use one. And it's usually with the shyer customers where that might be a way to get them to open up. And you can always follow up a closed-ended question with an open-ended one that's like, hey, tell me more about that. Or why is that true? Or um, I'd love to know more about what you're thinking. And then it kind of opens them up in a safe way. I don't know if you've ever talked about that with your group, but that's something that I we've explored. But it, it, it makes total sense. And and sometimes you could, you know, if you if you find someone that's not necessarily opening up, you could ask them, you know, if they're maybe like if they're using certain products or if they plan to use certain products. And that could be, excuse me, a way of getting things started. Yeah. It's a, it's sort of like a softball for the person you're having a hard time getting to open up. Um, so when we were prepping for this, you also talked about the tactic of using what you called a reflection. So tell me more about that. What is it and how does it work? Yeah, the, the whole concept of, the, it's called the ORS framework that's kind of outlined in this whole motivational okay. interviewing you know, topic. And the, what it stands for, O is the open versus closed questions. Yep. R is reflections. And reflections are essentially paraphrasing what the person has said to you. And, and then the idea of, you know, even those the, the first part of the ORs, like the, the, um, the open um, and, and open questions and reflections, yeah. using a combination of those is really, really powerful. You know, sometimes you might be speaking to somebody and they just ask you a series of open questions or even, even open and closed questions. And it almost sounds like an interrogation or yeah. you know, it's, it's just kind of a series of questions and it almost like tires people out. The idea of reflections is interesting because what you can do with reflections is you can summarize back what the person's telling you. And what that does is it builds a stronger rapport with that individual because, you know, it, it shows you're actively listening. It shows that you understand, you know, it, let's say they bring a concern to you or if they're bringing, you know, they're, they're telling you the requirements that you're relaying out those requirements and you're getting them to agree. Uh, you know, it could be in a negotiation where, you know, they're, mm -hmm. they're telling you these are the things that are important. And what the interesting technique with reflections 
is that you can put your little spin on that reflection. Yeah. So you can either infuse something into it. So you know, let's say someone says to you, and you know, you you ask them, you know, well, you know, what does success look like to you? And right. I'll answer something like, well, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to know get the solution off the ground we want to see value we want to get these types of reporting and so they'll, they'll, they'll put a, a few different things and you know we can say to them say okay well what it sounds like is that you know the first thing you want to do is make sure that you have you know certain users that are using the platform and that would be the first priority and the second one would be you know making sure that you're seeing you know these particular metrics and even if they haven't said some of those details you can add them in and then that gives them the opportunity to either uh, you know, correct you because you might be off or, you know, they, they can agree with you. And that starts to build more mutual trust uh, and appreciation. So those are, the, there's the open questions, there's the reflections, then there's something called a summary. Uh, and so the summary, what that is, is it's basically linking a number of reflections together. So you can think of it as like the closing okay. statement, you know, if you're a lawyer and you, you're pulling together, it's like, well, you know, you know, your honor, you know, we've seen that, uh, you know, our defendant here has, you know, said that they weren't at the scene, you know, they, the DNA evidence yeah. isn't, you know, reflected. <laughs> so you can do that with your, your client, right? Like, you know, you can just yeah. piece together those reflections. Like, you know, you said that you want to get started. These are the reports you're looking for. You want to get started, you know, tomorrow, you know, cost is not necessarily the issue. It's more so that you want to make sure that you're feeling that you're getting value out of what you want. And, you know, you want to make sure that so-and-so is involved. And again, like it's, you can pull together that story and it's a narrative and so that it's you know in line with what you want to achieve and what the client wants to achieve because you know one of the things yeah. that's, that's important is that you know you have some people that are have you know a uh, the, the, their nature is that they want to partner with you and you have others that may want to try and maybe take advantage of certain situations and so you want to make sure that you're pulling together a narrative that's a win-win and this kind of allows you to do that and it also allows you uh, to not seem like you're giving advice, but seem like you're interpreting what they're looking for and doing it in a way that, uh, you know, helps them get to, you know, the goal that you want. Let's say you want them to take that training course or you want them to start utilizing a different part of your product they haven't used. Um, that allows that. And the last one is like, it's called affirmation. So it's the AM scores framework. And that's okay. all about, you know, just giving, you know, recognition and it's like, oh, it's like, oh, you, I saw that you log in and you built out these workflows. I mean, you know, you're doing great. And, um, you know, just not not used as much, I'd say, at times. But, you know, you're, you're just trying to, you know, push that person along and give them that encouragement that they're doing the right thing, you know, rather than, you know, as I mentioned, like, you know, the, that situation where, you know, you have a, someone who has some sort of addict and, like, you know, you're chastising them. It's like, oh, right. this is like, encourage, like, oh, you know, you, you haven't, you know, had anything to drink for like two weeks or something like that. You know, you're doing great. Good um, job. So think about yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, you know, you're talking about, about summatives and reflections and affirmations. And I think, you know, when you were talking about reflections, it reminded me a lot of something that Chris Voss talks about, um, just sort of, you know, when you're in a negotiation, repeating back the last, I think he says three words, I think you could go bigger than that if you wanted to, of what the person said. And I, I really like his, you know, his book bugged me, but I just listened to his masterclass on masterclass. And I actually thought that was really interesting. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, and so I, I I like that because I think it it kind of goes to what he was talking about, which is if you reflect back in different words, what someone has said to you, it helps them to look at it, but it also helps them to correct anything you might have gotten wrong. And yeah, his um his technique of labeling is yeah. essentially reflections, where you yeah. say something like, you know, if I understand you correctly, what you're tr- like, you know, what you're saying is X, or it yeah. sounds like you know, you're, you're not the happiest with, with why. So yeah, definitely a lot of similarities there. Yeah. I, I actually, if anybody has masterclass or has downloaded that app, I have just recently done that. I know I'm way behind the times, but I love that so much. And his class on masterclass is really awesome. I think better than his book personally, Hmm. but, um, but yeah, that, that kind of, I mean, what he talks about in the masterclass is like, you know, just say back the last three words of what someone said, which could be, um, so you need a car (laughs) and then somebody Mm -hmm. will, and then they'll naturally kind of elaborate. You don't even almost have to ask a question. You can just repeat back what they said. And I, I think that's very interesting because I think people do want to talk and they do want to elaborate naturally. And if we allow them to the room to do that, without kind of adding in our own talk track and feeling like we have to jump in and say things, which I think is kind of a bad habit. A lot of CS people, including me have, um, then I think we leave that space for people. Yes. And the other thing that you, the way you, you said that you said it with uh, a confident tone that had a downward, downward inflection. And that's really important as well. Like you don't want to say some, something like, well, it seems like you're not that happy. It's like, well, it's, you know, it seems that you're not that happy. Like, you, you know, that yeah. confidence is even more important, especially as we, we don't visit people face to face. Right. So it's not just something that, that, you know, as, as leaders and, 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 you know, CS professionals, tone matters. It does. And it's something to be, to be mindful of. It does. And confidence matters. And so mm-hmm. whatever you have to do as a CS professional to feel confident, if you have to play Eye of the Tiger and dance around your room before you have an important call, do it. I will tell you, I really dislike giving talks. I have mm-hmm. to do it constantly for what I do because I'm a CEO and people ask me to talk a lot. So I have to do it, but it makes me nervous still after what, 25 years of being a professional in my field, I still get nervous and I still have to do the pump me up stuff before I talk to people so that I sound confident. If that's what it takes for you as a CSM or a CS leader to hop on a call and feel confident with a customer, do it, do whatever it takes. So I have, I have another question for you. Um, Mm -hmm. You've talked a lot about the kind of framework for this approach. How did you go about training your team to use it? Yeah, so so what I did is I, I took the elements from what I learned about from Adam Grant and then read some further books on motivational interviewing and then really build out my own framework on how I would go about and, and present this to the client. And as I mentioned, like the three different elements, the first part is really building that rapport and even the way that you start the conversation and, you know, when you get into the meeting and, you know, you, yeah. you let the client know that like, Hey, you know, we've, we have this amount of time that's, that's booked. Here's the agenda. Here's what I'm trying to achieve the outcome. How does that sit with you? And, and, you know, again, like what you're trying to do is give them power in the meeting. You want to give them the autonomy and not tell them what to do. 
and then you know using that ORS framework. And then you're, you're kind of really building up and you're looking for that seeds of change that's going to help take you to that next step. And, and that's, again, like I just put that framework together, put these slides together and, and present it to the team. That's great. Um, so what results did you expect to see from adopting this approach? And, and then what results have you actually seen so far? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't have high expectations. I, I thought that people were going to, you know, either roll their eyes, like turn off their cameras and, and not do a, <laughs> a heck of a lot. But, you know, the, the second part of it is, and, and this is all about like the motivational part is you're asking these scaling questions. And, you know, as you you build that relationship, you're using that ORS framework and you say the the person like, hey, uh, you know, on a scale of, of zero to 10, where zero is not important at all and 10 is like crucially important. How important is this change for you? Or right. how important is the solution for you? And then the second question is on a scale of zero to 10, where zero is no confidence and 10 is completely confident, how confident are you that you can make this change? Right. And, you know, you, then you kind of drill further into it and, and ask them like, well, why did you, you know, get the score? Why wasn't it higher? And people took that part and they were using different elements of it. And as an example, one of our sales reps took the second part of the scaling question or actually took both of them and just said, hey, can you answer these questions for me? You know, how important is this to you from zero to 10? And um, they got a really good response and it actually started up a conversation that had died. So I was really shocked that people oh, that's great. were, yeah, like they were just using this different element in different ways and they were having better conversations. And literally like this one rep used it right away and showed me the email um, and he was like so happy with like the results. So the, the feedback I got was really positive. Like this is something that I can put into use and start using right away. That's amazing. Um, so if somebody wanted to implement motivational interviewing, how would you recommend that they learn more about it? Well, what I'm going to do is on my blog, uh, and that's you know, Enlightened Customers, I'm going to put a little bit more detail and start to write out the different ways that you can use this. So I think that would be a good way to start. And you know, there's obviously books on motivational interviewing that you can read, uh, but I think that I'm going to make this very you know, pertinent to the customer success professional that they can look to use. Okay, great. And um, last question, and I know you know this one, um, what do you see as the biggest trend in customer success today and why? The biggest trend in customer success today that I'm seeing is definitely around, you know, how customer success is, is perceived. I think that uh, the original and, and, and traditional way it was always perceived was around people. Um, you know, customer success managers, and then it kind of expanded to, you know, support like the different groups kind of being placed underneath customer success. But the area of technology has grown so much. I mean, I, I just hear every day of, you know, a different piece of customer success that's being, you know, put um, in, and automated, um, you know, either it's the analytics part, whether it's an AI component whether it's even like a part of it, like onboarding, like focusing specifically on onboarding. So I, I think that customer success, the idea of it is going much beyond, you know, this traditional, I think, morphing from account manager. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're seeing operational, the operational element, like customer success operation mm -hmm. being more critical to the area of customer success. Yeah, I think it's, we're at an interesting pivot point. Um, I see... 
a, a little bit of a power grab right now from sales toward customer success. Um, That's interesting. I, do you see that or not really? I mean, I think I, I always see it. I think that where, you know, depending on how things are set up, where, um, you know, the, the, you know, there's more revenue depending uh -huh. on the company, depending on the size and you know, where they are. In a lot of companies, cycle. it's true though. There's more revenue in CS than sales right now. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it, you know, again, like depends on what's going on, but yeah, there is that, that revenue depending on the, the, you know, if they're rolling out new products. And so, you know, there is that, that push and pull at, at times. And I'd, I'd say like customer success is newer and it's, it's different. And I think that, that, you know, people are gravitating to it, which I think they should. I think that yeah. it's, it's customer success is definitely, you know, having that light shone on it. It's similar to, you know, back when I was in marketing automation in the B2B world and marketing was getting its new technology and just this new idea of how to generate leads, which was way different from branding. Right. And, and I definitely think that it's an exciting time for customer success. I mean, we can see by like the number of jobs that are out there, the competition for candidates, yeah. You, know, you really, you know, you're, you're seeing, I would say what's, what's the, a major wave of customer success right now. Yeah, it, it is very exciting right now in our field. So for those of you who are listening, who are thinking about this field, do it. <laughs> it is very exciting. Yes. And I recommend looking at, uh, you know, customer with a K.com and seeing the positions that we have opening. Cause we're always growing and, Lots of exciting things happening oh, here. Oh, excellent pitch for your company, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Chad, thanks as always for being part of our podcast today. I really appreciate your time and advice, and I know our audience does as well. Thank you so much, Kristen. It's always a pleasure to be on, on your show. It's great. I also want to thank our sponsors, Medallia and the Success League. To learn more about Medallia's customer success solution, you can visit strikedeck.com or follow strikedeck on LinkedIn or at Strike Deck on Twitter. And to find out more about the Success League, please visit our website, thesuccessleague.io, and follow The Success League on LinkedIn or at TSL Customers on Twitter. To get all of the latest episodes, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, all of the usual places where you can get your podcasts. And finally, thank you so much for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time.